So welcome to the Four Pillars of Health podcast. Today we have uh, Ben and Potty on from the Lean Eats podcast. Um, how are you doing, guys? All good now, all good. Um, bit of technical difficulties there, but just happy to finally make it on. Uh, yeah, we thought we were going for the, the Mime Artist there. He said, well, we thought we were interviewing two Mime Artists, um, which wouldn't be great for <laughs> a podcast. Um, and... Today, we're also going for the world record attempt for most people on a podcast also with uh, four people. Um, I, I actually looked it up beforehand and it's 5,003 people. So hopefully people will start joining in um, <laughs> throughout the episode. Um, so just, I suppose, um, if we start with one of you, maybe like Ben or something, um, do you want to give the listeners just a bit about your background? Yeah, no matter. So um, obviously my name is Ben. I'm after recently setting up a nutrition page on Instagram at lean.eats. Um, but mainly, I suppose, my passion for like health and fitness comes from sport. I'd be really competitive all the time growing up. So I was always like looking for some like marginal gains. I suppose I have an athletics background too. That probably feeds into that a bit. So I'm a long distance runner. I raced uh, 3,000, 5,000 meters. So I always just had a huge passion for like everything to do with health and fitness so I could just maximize my performance that way um and then I kind of fell into focusing on like sleep and then more so nutrition more than anything else that's where I got the love for that from um I suppose we went into the podcasting business then just myself and Potty knew each other through athletics and we just wanted to we were so passionate about like different topics in the health and fitness industry we just wanted to share our own knowledge and also to grow like our own knowledge place say coming on to podcasts like this or by talking to different guests that we bring on all the time as well. And did you find it hard starting with the podcast at the start? Uh, yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. like it was kind of hard to find, to find time, I suppose, where both of us were free and recording and stuff and then getting used to the editing, right? You know, uh, if we had pauses now or breaks in the episode, it's kind of you know, getting used to that. And then when we moved on to YouTube, getting the hang of the video editing and stuff, like we haven't... Put a big foot into YouTube yet yeah, now, but shall we start small? Uh, that's kind of the hardest thing, I suppose, editing now and finding time. But other than that, the conversation kind of flows and sure we have enough to talk about. Sure there's endless possibilities to talk about with, with uh, health and fitness or kind of sort in that sense. You're one step ahead of us anyway. We're not on YouTube yet. We haven't broke that market. <laughs> we have so to get Paddy's like, background as well, Daniel. Don't move on from Paddy. Yeah, like we're getting we're getting there. Now. We're just saying that um, we're not on YouTube yet, and we don't do any editing, <laughs> so we're just gonna let it flow. So, um, yeah, like next we might just move on to to body and stuff. And um, do you want to just give the listeners a bit about your background? Uh, so, um, I was always into sports. I suppose from a young age, I kind of started off with you know, Gaelic and football, and then I moved on to rugby. But I never really lasted too long in in any sport. I only kind of a year or so before I lost interest. And then I suppose around sixth class in primary school, I moved on to athletics. I started throwing a bit of the hammer. So how that started really was just because I was a small bit lazy. We were out running, uh, myself and Ben in you know, the group out in Leavale and Cork. And I was kind of sick of the running. So then one of the coaches was like, come on, throwing. And then since then, I kind of loved it. So I was throwing for about six or seven years up until so it was last year, really. And then when I started college, I started powerlifting. I just fell in love with powerlifting then and I kind of moved away, did less hammer throwing and, and more powerlifting. And that's kind of what I'm at now, Joe. Looking to some more competitions once they kind of open up and get a bit more training in. And uh, yeah, that's a really, that's kind of what I see 
kind of my future and now I wouldn't um I wouldn't really see myself getting too serious with hammer anymore I see myself going down the powerlifting line mostly and that's kind of it then um, and the powerlifting is mad too. You had to look at your like Instagram and stuff, and you're lifting some serious shit too, like with the the 200 kg deadlift, um, and like not even a belt on. And and Mel said too, like you'd you'd run in shoes on too, like so. Yeah, um, I'm barefoot, but there's no barefoot in our gym. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was saying, I was saying like how impressive it was. I was like, I zoomed in on your runners, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like they're the worst possible footwear you could wear for deadlift, and you still lifted that. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> yeah, no, the deadlift probably my strongest one there at the moment. Like, um, I've been kind of progressing most of that and bench press. My squat, I kind of neglected a small bit, but uh, I need to kind of start doing a bit more of that. I should probably get some deadlifting shoes because, as I said, we're not allowed to go barefoot in, in the gym I'm in. Like, so it is kind of awkward enough doing it in runners, even with the squat, like you have to squat in runners. And I'd say, you know yourself, like it's it's not ideal at all. Yeah, not ideal. But um, I, I, I suppose like we can kind of just talk individually about your sports and your training and stuff. So I suppose we'll go back to we'll go back to Ben there. Like, um, so you said is a three and five k. So like, what what's kind of involved in that and the training and stuff? Yeah, so it really depends on time of year, I suppose. Like we'd race the track over the summer, and then our focus now for winter is all on cross country. So cross country is nearly like a base in itself. So say in winter probably from now like september until february or march you'd be focusing on like increasing your volume getting a bit of longer efforts in so be running about 70 75 miles a week now but mainly it's just to get consistency in i'd rather get like 12 weeks at 70 rather than like getting up to 100 miles a week and then dropping down and getting injured very quickly but it's yeah mainly getting the volume in and you still have like your two sessions a week be doing strength work about three or four times a week then um but come into the summer then you'd be racing like say at 1500 as well just get a bit of turnover in for when you actually go to like the 3k and 5k the pace just feels a lot easier when you're like used to running that bit faster in training or like running faster and like say the 1500 sort of races before it then but yeah it's mainly mileage is focused at the moment now building up the pace and can i ask you then like with with that mileage obviously injuries comes into play as well like does do a lot of injuries pop up because of the volume or do you manage them or what's the crack yeah so like injuries are like a bit of a, a thing of the past for me at the moment luckily at touchwood but like i found all right when i was like say when i was a teenager when i was 16 or 17 that like i wouldn't have had like say the same habits in place to actually help me to avoid injury while i was training like i found very easy to get out and train but I'll very often skip stretching like say skip doing a bit of yoga I try to implement that into my routine now even with nutrition like I get very lazy and just won't eat enough food and you just be really tired and you won't be getting enough sleep either so I suppose like even with the the name of the podcast focusing on all all the pillars of health outside of training getting your sleep in getting enough food in stretching as well that all ties into it it's not it's more than just running like common team at the moment is always coming back to the four pillars of health with the <laughs> podcast so it's, it's great you linked it in um just around the nutrition i suppose um like the, the fact you're, you're doing nutrition like does that really help um which you're running now at the moment yeah big time i found the main thing it did was just to help to reduce the stress around it like there is a lot of misconceptions with running particularly that like you need to be really really light and that like being light can help your vo2 max and that the lighter you are 
the better you're going to perform. But like, there's so many times when I was younger where like, you'd fall for some sort of fad diet as well, where like, I'd give up carbohydrates and I'd have no energy. I'm expecting to go out and train and run like 10 or 12 miles with very little food in the tank too. You just end up getting sick very quickly, end up having no energy for the day. I remember trying to go into school, do a bit of work after like after training, but you've no energy left. So it really just helps to like, yeah, to remove any stress around it. And like, I found nutrition was a lot easier concept once you've got to college that there's like, it's not as complicated as you think it is when you like undercomplicate it or like simplify it just gets a lot easier then mm-hmm. and would you have went through a lot of fat diets like other than the the carb um other than the carb one not really i'd say it was mainly that like the practices i was doing were like i would i was constantly trying to like lose weight even though i didn't need to that was the main thing more so than the fat diet mm-hmm. i was always trying to be as light as possible even though it wasn't necessarily helping my performance but there wasn't too many fat diets outside that I saw like some of my friends would have fallen for like some traps with that. Like I used to think weight loss was just based off what you're eating rather than how much. Like I know it can be a bit more of a case than just calories in, calories out, but that's that's the biggest factor that is at play there. But it actually took me again to college to know that, which is a bit mm-hmm. mad. Now looking back on it. Like. And so you you would see it a good bit now, like uh, among people that are are running, um, like even doing it at the moment like would you see a lot among friends that are running the the 3000 and 5000 meter yeah beta is like it's even it's things you wouldn't think about like when you're studying nutrition a lot of it feels like it's really easy but like people would ask you questions that like i wouldn't like think to question anything like i'm trying to think of an example now like say before before a race or something like people would be talking about like trying to just not eat food for a few days just so that like your stomach's a bit better but you'd have no energy going into it like there's just so many misconceptions there so it's probably hard to pick out one off the top of my head um yeah no right now i can't think of anything but i do generally like what i see anyway like from people that i train um like you never well like coming to me anyway you'd never see someone um like looking to like maintain or gain weight in performance it would be always like someone wanting to lose weight and those are like really kind of opposite to each other and it's very hard to achieve both too like it's it's hard to achieve the weight loss when you are going for performance if you want to maximize performance like i tell them it's like going um to cork and dublin at the same time like uh, it's better to go to one and then come back to the other like if you want to achieve it but like definitely yeah i see a lot of that like going on too but um yeah i I think there there definitely needs to be more sports kind of nutrition um like education even to to clubs and stuff like that um so yeah um i think next we move on to the the powerlifting and stuff um so party um like how did that start and like do you have any kind of tips i suppose for beginners because you, you probably don't wake up one morning and be able to lift 200 kg no, so the interest kind of started from, I suppose, hammer throw, like when I was throwing a hammer, obviously I had to be in the gym and get a bit strong, like, and I was kind of, I don't know, was I doing the right or the wrong thing? Um, I was just in the gym, I suppose I started doing bicep curls now and uh, shoulder press and stuff like that, but of course it, that wouldn't help performance so much, like bicep curls for the hammer. And then of course, I suppose the main tip, like, which I found got me to the next level was finding a coach, so... 
as soon as I went to UCC, Joe, I had my eyes on the powerlifting team to just draw go the first day and try and get into the into the club. And as soon as I got there, like the coaches were were class and they helped me a lot. I went from so my biggest uh, movement was in seven months. I went from ninety kg to one hundred thirty-two and a half kg bench press. So that shows like how much a coach can help you. They'll program everything for you. Like I wasn't doing any bicep curls. Like I'd say if I didn't have a coach. That's what I'd be doing uh, in the gym, job, obviously, to just get a bit stronger. But yeah, just having a structure and having a coach and knowing exactly what to do helps a lot. Do you think that powerlifting and throwing goes hand in hand? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I know following all the Olympic shot putters and Olympic hammer throwers uh, just on Instagram, uh, they're all bench pressing, deadlifting and, and squatting. Like, it just, I suppose, for hammer as well. <laughs> Your legs are the main thing and sure you're using your legs in all three lifts uh maybe not so much in the bench but you're still like you still need your hips in the bench so like they are they do go hand in hand you need to i suppose you need to be training a bit like a powerlifter to to be able to throw a hammer or a shot put I, I i suppose like you know in ireland like athletics is kind of a minority sport and like people don't really kind of give the respect to athletes like say for example like throwers like they are some of the most amazing athletes in the fucking world like if you go and look up the highest level say shot putters hammer throwers they like their power cleans their benches their squats is phenomenal and they could probably sprint like a 30 meters fast faster than a lot of gaelic footballers oh definitely it's just amazing how like what like you don't think of uh throwers being athletes but they are though yeah, sure. One one video you should look up if you haven't already seen it is uh, Daniel Stahl, the Olympic discus thrower. He's best in the world at the moment. After I think was it the, the 2012 Olympics in uh, London, he did the hurdles at the men's height. He jumped over three or four hurdles after he won the gold medal. So it just goes to show like how athletic they are. Like they're fast and they can jump and they can lift. So uh, yeah, I suppose they, they need a bit more credit as well. And do you do Olympic weightlifting as well? No, I don't. Uh, I, I do know that a lot of, like, it would be handy, right, for, for throwing. I did Olympic weightlifting down in the marina in the Cork Weightlifting Club for, for a year, but it was really my thing, so I kind of, I stayed away from it. Just, I suppose I'd be less, um, I'd be less technical and more kind of just bull uh, strength for, for the lifts so or the clean and, you know, the snatch didn't suit me as much. Um, I wasn't so much... Uh, in love with that kind of training so I moved on to you know, the the one movement kind of things like a squat you know you're you're up you're down and up and it's finished and the bench press same kind of thing like so the weightlifting I think they're incredible athletes as well but it kind of suits different people I suppose it, it suits more gymnastic kind of type of, of athletes as well yeah I think like I think for you as well there's no point in you doing a snatch and there's no point in you doing a full clean but I think to get benefits if you did like a, a clean pull you know just say forget the last movement it's all about just fucking moving the weight up as yeah. forcefully as you can that's one thing that i'd say might be good for you to add you don't like i know it's really technical but like you don't need to do the full lift well it might be an advantage you know if you get into like the clean pulls and stuff yeah like that. yeah true definitely help with the deadlift as well i'd say the force from a clean pull yeah um so then, Daniel, what are we talk about next? Just, just about the the nutrition, I suppose, for powerlifting. Like, do you have to, to eat a lot? 
Um, it's not that strict, really. Like, I do get, I suppose, Ben gives me a plan, like, uh, but I'm kind of small bit, bit lazy on, on the nutrition side of the, of the sports. Like, but the main things I do for nutrition, I think, help rather than being too strict is I just avoid junk food, really. And, like, uh, I suppose, yeah, drunk, uh, fizzy drink now and alcohol in moderation. Uh, that's the main thing. And then I do try and get as much protein in as I can. I get in for about 170 to 190 grams of protein a day. And then I don't really look at my fats and carbs too much. Just once, the main thing is once I'm not hungry going into a gym session and once I'm kind of eating a bit of carbs afterwards. But other than that, it's not, uh, I don't really have a strict diet. Uh, I don't think I'd at the moment John with work and college and stuff it'd be it's a bit hard to balance everything um so yeah I just kind of aim for John the pro folks on the protein and folks on not eating too much rubbish yeah yeah definitely and did you find it hard to even maintain strength like with uh, even the lockdowns and stuff uh, I had lucky luckily enough I had a gym in the house like so I was kind of started uh, with that so it's handy just you know a squat rack I was just benching, deadlifting and squatting and doing a few like overhead presses and a few barbell rows and stuff. Uh, nothing fancy, but it kind of kept me going for another six or eight months. And then as soon as the gym's opened back up, I was, I was back in there. That's, yeah, jealous out. Um, I, I had a rock and stuff. You may have seen it on Instagram and stuff, but no, I didn't have a gym or anything. Um, so just uh, with the mention of, of college and stuff too, um, so now that college is starting back up again, um, probably like one of the toughest times when it comes to like nutrition and training, like, um, like do you kind of have any experience around like the, the alcohol kind of situation when people go back and, and any tips on how people can, I suppose, um, not let that affect their, their nutrition and exercise? One thing I find with like, say the alcohol particularly is like, just trying to balance out that when you do go out you make sure it's like not so much after like if you go straight after a training session you're not going to maximize recovery but it's not to go out and then do a hard session the next day like you kind of beat yourself up sometimes you go out have a bit of alcohol and you're like oh I shouldn't have done that last night I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to really push myself today and your body's already depleted your body's already like trying to get rid of the toxins from the alcohol I suppose and you're like not after getting as much sleep as you should your body's already under stress and if you're pushing yourself too hard that day that's how you get sick then and that's how you kind of fall out of routine that was one of the main things i found anyway do you find it hard just going back or are you not into the, the alcohol scene uh i was well, like i'd go out right but i wouldn't be wouldn't be going out getting hammered uh especially if i trained the next stage you know, I, no pun intended uh, yeah i know I yeah <laughs> but i suppose the one um one good thing as well is if um if you are looking to skip the queues in the Mardike gym in Cork going rag week or freshers week because there's gonna be no one in there all week. Yeah. Uh, but um no, I wouldn't we wouldn't find it too hard to to kind of stay away from it, I suppose if if we do have training, I suppose as well it's a small bit handy that uh I'm on my off season now. Like uh, I'll be starting winter training in about three weeks time so um i could go out now uh, a few nights but um not every week at college because you know, completely uh, it would ruin your your performance and your your training i think you nearly need to allow yourself to to go away with it a bit when you do get like your off seasons just so you, one you nearly get sick of it but then you don't feel restricted as much when you're actually training during, during the year like you don't get as tempted as much to like 
go ahead because you it's not something that you really feel like you're missing out on then i did that like i didn't have an off season but um like i i just had year one two and three of college where i just kind of tried to to get sick of it um i'm I'm still not sick of it no but no it's, it's kind of fading away at the moment now but like i remember just like even starting out in first and second year and i had things like platinum weeks where it's usually a gold week is where you're going to, to college and uh, you're going out every night. But I went out every night, went to college, and then also went to the gym after. But, like, you're just not going to make any progress with that. Um, it's just going to totally wreck you. Um, I, th- I think it's just all about, like, as you said, do kind of just go all out with it like and, and do experience it. But at the end of the day, come back and, and see kind of what you want to prioritize. Like, do you want to prioritize your lifting and exercise at the moment or do you want to prioritize going out? Um, I suppose so, like, I suppose like with fellas like us, like we're kind of lucky with that we have athletics. So like, I'm not like, if we were to say to people, look, you should never go out. You should, you know, that's bullshit because we all like to have a drink at some stage. But like, at least with the hammer, with the long distance, we have that excuse where, oh, I can't go out this week because I have to train or I have a competition. But you can see that it could be harder for some people that don't have that built-in excuse. Like when I was in college, there was a lot of nights that I missed out on because I was training, but I was glad that I had that excuse. But, you know, if, if you're not like with a club or a society or you're not working towards something, it's easy to say, fuck it, I'm going to drink every single day of college, you know? two excuses in this country of how to get out of drinking sessions is that you're driving or that you're an athlete um, <laughs> like literally that's that's what i find <laughs> so um, tough excuses get by unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah th- that's that's basically all the questions i wanted to ask do you want to add anything just uh recovery wise lads is there specific things that you do or is it do you do stretching mobility all that crack icing uh i'm a big fan of yeah, I'm a big fan of icing, but the thing I'm probably the biggest fan of at the moment is yoga. Um, more so, it's just because I'm getting stretching and, and that like my muscles always feel loose and just injury prevention as well. You're like, I suppose you're strengthening the smaller muscles and helping to build a balance and stabilize them a bit when you're running so much and not sure about body then. But just like when you're getting so much impact through your legs, just being as loose as possible. Yeah. Then I'd, um, my main forms of recovery really are uh, just mobility, foam rolling and stretching just after, after a session and uh, ice baths, ice showers and icing, just ice in, in general is that that's my go to for recovery. Yeah, I used to do the yoga during lockdown actually, um, but like, no, I only, I did it for like just flexibility work it, it works really well but like i i just can't keep it up for some reason with the stretching i don't know what it is it's very hard to just it's very boring sometimes but once you do it it's, it's not too bad but it's like trying to get a routine early i find the hardest part about it how did you manage to do it then did you use like obviously it's during lockdown so you couldn't be going to classes it was just online videos yeah yeah it was just yeah. youtube and stuff like that um yeah it never i never go to class i don't think <laughs> i don't know um I, I don't know of any yoga classes going on at the moment either. Like so, um, but yeah, maybe going to a class would actually make me do it. To be honest, but um, yeah, um, do you put a big focus then? I suppose on on the sleep. Yeah, I I would when I'm training, like when we're especially when you're racing nearly. But I I think sometimes the training load can be so high that like you end up just falling asleep and end up sleeping well anyway. But 
I suppose it would be harder, like Mel was saying earlier, like if you did, if you didn't have a sport behind you, if you didn't have something pushing you that way to actually like prioritize your sleep, then I find that would be the biggest thing that like make me want to go to sleep and sleep properly. Like, yeah. and and then uh, caffeine. Do you take caffeine? Do you drink coffee? Anything like that? Yeah, but too much coffee. I'd say <laughs> too much oh, coffee. I have another cup of coffee now. I'd say in seven or eight months. I just kind of stopped. No interest in it. So uh, no, I don't. I don't use it. Jesus. Definitely yeah. try to get it in for like big race though or any big sort of session like just trying to get that big massive boost but the, the crash afterwards isn't so nice I suppose. Do you lads think there would be an indoor season? Like with COVID or not? Yeah it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Like I don't know how they can manage it when I suppose if like you nearly need a vaccine pass or something or like get tested before you do it. Like it is so hard to get like, outdoor competitions never mind indoor competitions at the moment. Like, yeah. what like, would be your thoughts? Last, I'd say my last competition was baseline 2019. Yeah, indoors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'd love to see if it come back. I don't know about you. Would you prefer, like, indoors or outdoors yourself? Oh, out, like, outdoors. But, like, I was injured for about 15 months with my knee. I fucked it up during the first lockdown. I'm uh, just fairly injury prone. It's like, I could, I could just sneeze and my fucking ankle could fall off. Like, but, um like i i definitely be more focused towards the outdoors but i just to be honest i just want to get out and run like <laughs> yeah just get any sort of racing and what's your training like at the moment yourself now are you actually building back now yeah so like at the moment i have a bit of an achilles flare up like it, every time i go back training my achilles flares up like I, I don't really know how to prevent that happening but i'm just kind of on the rehab at the moment um but yeah 400 meters is what, where it's at at the moment so I want to go sub 50 in the next two or three years. So I'm on, like my PB is like 52.5. So I'd like to run a sub 50. It's very attainable, but it's just about managing injuries and stuff like that. And like with the 400, the roads are nearly reversed here, we're asking you questions. But with the 400, do you find that like, would it be the speed side of things that you struggle with more? Or is it more like the speed endurance nearly? Ooh, uh, they both suck. Like, <laughs> like... When you hear about lads doing one reps of 150, it doesn't sound hard, but if you're doing like, like if you're doing 150 meters, like it has to be very intense. So like, I would still find myself puking after that. But then on the other hand, the fucking, the sessions where you do like a five, four, three, two, one, I could be puking as well. So like, to be honest, it's all shit. Like, like I love the race, but the training is just like, I don't know why someone would do it, but I fucking do it. So <laughs> I say it's arguably one of the toughest events though. That and the 800. It's just, you, you get no let up really. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, which is harder, I, but surely eights have to be harder. I've never trained for them. Yeah. Eights. Eights now you do feel, especially when you're coming from like, if I'm dropping down from like the 3K and I'm racing 800, I'll be close to my like maximum speed for the entire race. So I'll nearly run it in the same pace for 400 that I would for eight. Like, so definitely yeah. not tougher for me like i actually i actually started with like throwing and stuff when i was a teenager i would have done no i'm a skinny fucker like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that but i had like i was national level with hammer discus javelin but when i was like a teenager and then i kind of went into pole vault and i went into all the events and i just like doing the fours it, it's not necessarily my best event but it's just i like the race you know mm. do you watch the diamond league yesterday um i didn't see it no Oh, it's big 400 race. They like had to dive at the line. It was one of those sort of races again. Who, who's in it? 
Cherry and Kirani James. Ooh. Cherry got him on the line for the Diamond League title. That's a lot of money at stake as well with that dive. Class. World Championship spot too, I think. Nice one. Nice one, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose like that's kind of all for me. So like, where's the best place to find you, lads? Uh, well, I suppose you can find us, if you look for the podcast, best place to find us probably be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at the moment to be the Lee Needs Podcast. Mm-hmm. And then on, on Instagram at the, the Lee Needs Podcast, we kind of have to set up um, an Instagram page, like a joint Instagram page. Uh, so, John, we might as well use this as an excuse to start it up today and you can go and follow that. And then uh-huh. just our, our own Insta page, then uh, Paralift and uh, Lee.Eats, YouTube as well at Lee Needs Podcast. Uh, that's all our platforms at the moment. Okay. Thanks, Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks, lads. Good luck. Good luck.